right. Well, uh, welcome back this week. My guest uh, this week is Michael Williams of ACL Golf. Michael, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Michael, for those uh, my, those that don't know uh, you, I kind of uh, became familiar with you back. Gosh, probably in 2009, 2010, uh, with your your website, uh, a continuous lean, which is kind of like a, a website to devoted to, I mean, all things well made, all things uh, yeah. cool. You kind of were on the leading edge of kind of the American made movement that kind of went around mm -hmm. and and is still going around. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, a continuous lean and kind of kind of where that idea came from and, and how you got started there. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for thanks for having me and, and talking to me. Yeah, I, I, I don't think a lot of people, you know, do know me, especially in the golf space. Um, but 10 years ago, uh, or more than 10 years ago, in 2007, actually, uh, I started a site called a continuous lean, uh, and this is sort of in the early days of, of blogging. And so, uh, I was one of the first sort of men's style bloggers, which is kind of funny because I'm not really like the most stylish human. I think if you meet me, you know, I think one of the common things was I would meet hardcore readers of the site. And I think like part of them would be a little disappointed that I wasn't you know, I didn't take everything to like the maximum extreme possible <laughs> that I think they had envisioned me, uh, me to be like. So, uh, which is funny, you know, I, I'm interested in a lot of things and, and um, one and part of that is men's style, but uh, another big component was I grew up in uh, Northeast Ohio. And when I was growing up, I watched a lot of the manufacturing that, that just surrounded the area that I lived just sort of, you know, up and disappear. And I was always sort of fascinated by, I mean, you drive by a factory or some big, huge place and you wonder like what's going on in there. And, you know, it's kind of like, there are these, especially like where I lived, like there would be these huge plants and, and you just wonder like what's happening in there. And so from an early age, I was always sort of fascinated by how the things that we use every day are made, what goes into them. And eventually, as I as I graduated from college and moved to New York to start looking for a job, I was really interested in the clothing space. Um, and then eventually I sort of just paired that idea of like where things are made, um, you know, my interest in media and, and style and, and put those all together in this thing called a continuous lean, which is sort of a name that I kind of pulled out of thin air. It's sort of based on the idea that the site was going to be a list originally. So like a boat that's listing is continuously leaning. And I don't know, I never thought anyone would read it or it would be a thing. So I just pulled the name and that was it. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I, I sort of started the idea of there's an old shoe company. Why are they, how can they still exist? How can they still be making shoes in Massachusetts? You know, why, why have they survived and everyone else didn't? Um, and a lot of times, you know, you would see, brands that were really successful, you know, because they're good marketers. And then there's these old sort of traditionally made things that they're terrible marketers. And so I, I just looked at that and said, like, there's something interesting about how this can exist for so long uh, without being like this really polished, like marketing driven thing. So 
that sort of led me to to start the site and explore it. And it turns out like my timing was good because this was like around the time of like the financial crisis. And so a lot of people were thinking about, you know, domestic manufacturing and, and sort of uh, buying things for, of better value and not being sort of more, you know, as frivolous with their spending and what they're purchasing. So it all kind of worked out that, you know, the site sort of took off. Very cool. And so somewhere in there, um, you sort of, I, I feel like maybe in like, 2016 or something like that I can't remember uh I felt like I started seeing golf kind of pop up more um has golf always been a part of your life is it something that you've kind of kind of uh you know done since childhood or or tell us a little bit about your your golf story and and how that sort of like played into uh what you're doing with with continuous yeah, sure um so i i grew up in this really blue collar little town um outside of cleveland and there was it just so happened that a few doors down um there was this this country club this private club um which wasn't really that fancy but i just we lived in this house my whole life i grew up you know sort of playing around in the woods behind our house and all of that connected to the golf course and event you know i would just be back there looking for golf balls and, you know, causing mayhem and, and sort of playing around the golf course, finding golf balls, selling them back to the golfers and, and just like being fascinated by, you know, the, that place. And, you know, I just didn't understand the game and it sort of felt really interesting. And, and because it was like fenced off in private, I think that sort of also helped me like have, you know, create more of an allure in my, in my mind about what it was and, um, so, you know, I would sneak through a hole in the fence and go play like three holes that were sort of tucked away in the back and that you wouldn't get caught if you went out there and played it at the end of the day. Um, so like, I was just always fascinated by it as a kid and played a little bit at, you know, a little bit of junior golf, but not, not anything really serious, um, took some lessons and was just always like really interested in the game. But eventually I just like went to college, went, moved to New York, like stopped playing um, in New York. Like I lived in the city. It was just, it's just really hard to, to play. It's just like such a bigger time commitment. Um, and so, I, and I was like focusing on work and whatever. And eventually when I met my wife, um, you know, years and years later, her family's like really into golf. And one of the things we were on some trip and they're like, do you want to go play golf with her dad? Um, and I, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, you know, I'd love to, I haven't played in a long time. Is that okay? And he was like, yeah, it's totally cool. He was super patient with me. And that sort of like reignited the golf bug in me when, as I got a little bit older and then eventually we moved, moved from New York to LA. And, um, you know, once I started living in LA, it's just, there's so much, you know, there's golf year round, the weather is always good. It's, um, it was just really easy. And so then I really you know, I'd say like in 2013 or 14, I really got back into it. Um, but then when we moved here, it like accelerated. So, uh, and, and now it's like, I don't, you know, I don't see myself as like a, you know, like hardcore golf person. I just, I'm, you know, I'm sort of taking all of my experiences like the, from the style world and the, the apparel world, uh, and, and sort of lay, laying that on top of golf in a way, um, just to sort of get my spin on it. Right. Very cool. Um, 
Yeah. So you did, uh, you did a pop-up a couple years ago with some, with some like different kind of curated brands and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. It's, it, you know, golf's interesting because there's big box stores like Dick's Sporting Goods and then there's green grass, like country club shops and there's, and you know, there's trendy golf and there's some other things around there, but there's not, there's not, the distribution of golf clothing, I think is a little bit strange or sort of underserved in a way, like there's no middle to that. Um, and, and it's, it's, I don't know, there's like almost no middle ground either. So it's, you know, I felt like this isn't, if I was to take golf and then do a shop in the way that I would do a shop, if I just had a menswear store, that was like my concept. And my friend worked at, at this, uh, you know, he had a shop in this, in this place called platform in LA, this like cool um, little shopping center that's in Culver city. And he was like, you know, we could do a shop here. And so that, that guy, Corey, um, Corey Heenan, he, he and I just were like, let's do a golf shop. That's more aligned with sort of our take on menswear um, a little bit more minimal, like not so overt in terms of golf product. Um, and just like bring together some of these brands that you kind of only see physically online mm. and put them all in, in one store and like merchandise it a little bit differently. So we did that golf pop-up for three months. Um, this was a few years ago and, and it was really like a proof of concept for us. Like, does this, is this viable? Like if people come in, will they understand, will they get it? You know, will this also like, does it appeal to non-golf people because golf can be a little polarizing, you know? So, um, and, and it did like, it checked all those boxes and it was, it was really funny experience just to like go there and hang out and, um, just like talk to people every day. Like if, you know, I would just be working in the store sometimes and people would come in and you just, you have that common connection just built in because, you know, you could always talk about golf if, you know, if if anything, so, which is cool. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Did you get many people coming in, like asking where you're bright orange puma hats are or anything like that. <laughs> um no yeah, exactly uh, I, I think that's the that's the thing it's that, that's the thing i don't really understand about golf all the time is you know like the titleist hat you know those guys are getting paid to wear that on tour <laughs> why would yeah. i wear that you know it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me unless you like really love the brand which i guess like i don't know i don't I don't think there's any brand out there that I love enough to wear it in, you know, wear a logo that big, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, you could pay me to wear it, but yeah, I, I, yeah, totally- I mean, I would, yeah, that, absolutely. You know, if you want to, if someone wants to pay for it, but it's just like a funny concept that it only exists in golf. Right. Yeah. You have a, you have a quote on, um, on the site, on the aclgolf.com site, uh, it says there are more rules about how to dress for golf than most other sports. And yet it's the worst dress sport on the planet. <laughs> um, and I think that's how, like, that's how obnoxious is that for me to say <laughs> stuff like that? <laughs> no, but I think it's true. I mean, I think it's interesting that it is like, you know, uh, I feel like there's like kind of this delicate balance of like, I'm, I'm, I have to look, I feel like I have to look a certain way when I go to the golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that like taking away also from like my enjoyment of the game or my like, uh, you know, focus on the game, worrying about 
about some of those factors and justifying those things. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, that's golf is very conformity driven. You know, it's, it's a very conservative game, you know, very conservative sport, you know, played a lot of times at very conservative places. Right. So, you know, it doesn't really, I don't know. It's a little bit like Japanese middle manager syndrome where there's like the game is, there's no way to no way to win points. You can only lose points. And so like everyone operates in the idea that you just you don't want to be yourself or be expressive or kind of go outside of the lines at all with how you look, because it just like is problematic in a lot of ways. So like it drew it really like drives conformity. Right. Mm. Yeah. Unless uh, you, you need to go look up the hat that Brooks Kepka had on yesterday because it's... Oh, no, like... I saw it. I saw it. The <laughs> Nike scripting at every event is getting worse and worse and worse. I don't understand it. It's like comical. Yeah. And then today, like Jason Day was wearing a, wearing a shirt that was like his hat pattern, like Brooks's hat, which looks really bad. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't... I don't understand it. <laughs> Why is it like this? I don't get it. Yeah. I feel like there are... Uh... And it's so hard because there's there are brands and people that are doing some really really cool things, but they just don't get the uh, the the coverage of which obviously like Nike is you know one of the biggest brands in the world in all sport and I don't know if it's just like a um, you know kind of a, a liken it to like they're just doing too much they 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 need to like leave it to or, or or farm it out or something like that because it's like that hat was just it reminds me of something that they might have worn in like uh clueless the, the movie clueless like a pat like a jean patch like a denim deal or something like that um it's it's pretty uh it's pretty i don't know i don't even it, it hurts my eyes um not to pick on nike but you know i'll just say this before i even say anything about nike if you ever went to the Nike headquarters and they have the, they have a company store in Beaverton. And basically if you have to, you can't just go to it. You have to get a Nike employee to put you on the list to get, to go there. Mm -hmm. And basically everything in the store is like 50% off. So if you go to the store and they have like a lot of stuff, current stuff, you know, could be random, like special collaboration things. Like you never know like what's going to be in there. And it's, it's not like a, it's not an outlet. It's like a real store. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you go in there, you're like debilitated because there's so much stuff you want. Right. <laughs> so Nike as a brand, like, I just want to say that, like having, you know, I understand Nike, there's so much at Nike. That's great. And there's so much there that like, we all want, if it's like special release, whatever, or just like everyday stuff that they just crush golf doesn't seem to be like a big priority there. I, I don't know. It's, definitely evolving in terms of like how they're focusing on that. Um, but I also think like the Nikes of the world, the big athletic companies that have come into golf have reshaped the way everyone dresses, not necessarily in a better way, right? Like they've moved it all more technical, more tight fitting, more like more athletic focus, right? They've, they've put their spin on it because they're trying to take over the market. Right. And they have, you know, effectively like gained a lot of control over how everything looks. So I think like that's difficult at times because, you know, I think it, it doesn't really leave a lot of option for, you know, the, the other people that could be bringing another creative look 
to golf, right? It makes it a little problematic. And, you know, that's to me, it's like, everything's too technical. I don't want to wear a plastic bottle as a shirt. Like I don't, you know, I just like, I don't need to be super technical all the time. Granted, if it's someplace it's Georgia in the summer, it's super hot. Like, yeah, you need something like that's moisture wicking, but like the rest of the time I'm probably drinking. My heart rate is probably not elevated, you know, like, yeah. It's not, I'm not out like endurance. I'm not an endurance athlete. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm on a golf course. Yeah. So like, to me, it's like a, that's like, what's really happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I also think there's been kind of a shift lately to um, well, so like, what are your thoughts on kind of the streetwear movement that feels like it's coming, coming into golf with like, um, Malbon or mm-hmm. Bogey Bros, some of those brands. Kind of, where, mm-hmm. where, what do you feel about that? And, you know, it's like Adidas collaborating with Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. Like the, I'm not a streetwear person. I don't like buy hype brands. I don't really like wear hype brands. I'm not like an ALD head. Like it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that for what it is. Uh, I like that what Malbon is doing just based on, and even Macklemore and Bogey Boys, aesthetically, like, that's not my thing. Uh, I'm not offended by it. I don't, you know, I think it's it's great. Like, anyone that is bringing something different to golf is good. If it's, like, in their enthusiasm, I think, is, is good. Um, a lot of times, I think golf tries to, it's just, it, it tries to, like, repress everyone and 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 keep all that stuff out right where you know and again it's like goes back to the conformity thing sometimes i see it aligned with like surfing or cycling where you know like you have to do the thing the way that people want you to do it or they'll fight you on it right right where i just like i don't i don't want to take that approach so even with clothes however you want to approach golf like to me is fine Like if that's how you enjoy it, that's how you should do it. You know, as long as it like, isn't ruining my day, I don't, you know, I I don't care. Like I'm happy for you that you're like getting out and, and, you know, finding the place that makes you happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and part of the problem with golf is like, everyone's intimidated by, you know, streetwear or different people coming into the game and reshaping it. You know, it's like, give me a break. Like, it's so lame. Like people can't (laughs) handle that, you know? It's totally. like everyone talks all this smack about grow the game, but it's like grow the game with, with the people that look and, and are the way that we want them to be. That's how we want to grow it. That, that I, I reject that as an idea. Yeah, totally. Well, you, uh, you, in your sort of like mission statement on your site, you talk about how golf has an obligation to uh, evolve. What are, what are your, some of your like, uh, you know, thoughts on that? Like what, 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 in what ways do you, do you feel like it needs to evolve as far as like, you know, inclusivity or, or things? Yeah. I mean, I think inclusivity, I think, you know, part of it, I think can be a perception problem. I think golf is like very intimidating, you know, as, and and I mentioned in the story of me getting back into golf, my father-in-law, you know, he would take me to nice country clubs that he belonged to and, and it was totally fine, but he, he was, you know, I was obviously like nervous to go there and to play there and just to be there. Right. And cause I'm not of that world. Right. And, 
you know, he was very patient with me and just would help me figure out like the, what to do and the rules. And like, it wasn't ever like, if I did something wrong, you'd be like, this is like how you should, you can't walk in front of, you can't walk in someone's line when they're putting or whatever. It's like all the little mm -hmm. things like that, that you just didn't know where I'm standing in the wrong place on a green or like when you, I don't know, when you get to the club, like something you can or can't do, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like he, but he was really patient with me, you know, in that process and help. And he was like my mentor and figuring that stuff out. Right. But if you don't have someone like that, imagine like how intimidating it is even to show up at like any municipal golf course, like, what do I do? How does this work? You know? Yeah. So I think like, there's a, just like zooming out a little bit, like there's a little bit of a, in golf, like there's a, a intimidation factor just straight off the bat. So like, if you're, then like, uh, you know, not the typical like perceived golfer, if you're a woman or, you know, if you're uh, not white, you know, I think like there's even, it could be more intimidating. Right. Um, and, and I think like it's golf sort of duty to make itself more approachable to be, it's not just like it, it does, it should be more inclusive, but it should also be work on the perception of, of the game. Right. Because I think we all know it and love it as this thing that's like very giving and generous, right? It's not, it's not like something that's mean spirited golf as a, as a concept. And I mean, it can be mean depending on how you play. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, the overall vibe, I think like we all share is like of positivity. Right? right. And, and I think like people have a hard time connecting with that, you know, because the optics of golf can be really challenged. The other thing I think is, um, you know, some of the history and traditions in golf, like can't just be like celebrated on their face. You know, I think like different people have different perspectives on some of these things. Like, you know, if the tour like doesn't has like a Caucasians only rule up until, you know, very, very late, I think like that's can be, you know, like that sort of history and tradition around some of golf, like can be painful for people. And I think it's important just for everyone to look at things and think like, you know, with a little empathy and, and, and how does, how do other people feel about some of these things? And like, how could we make them sort of more approachable? You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like overthink this too much, but like, I do think, you know, if like I meet people and I'm like in this very creative fashion space and, and they're like, Oh, you're into golf. Like that's kind of weird. You know, I feel like, Oh, this is a good opportunity to talk about actually like golf is this really wonderful thing. Like you should open your mind to it, you know? And I think like that needs to happen on within golf and, and outside of golf and all the way around it. Definitely. Yeah. I think, um, so I, I'm relatively new to the game as, as well. And, and so like, I would say, yeah, it's definitely a, um, you know, a, a very intimidating, yeah, like you said, it's not super approachable on its face, but then there are, um, you know, aspects of it. I feel like the game in general is trying to, uh, you know, evolve to become more approachable, whether it's um, kind of the emergence of the, um, like some of the, the, the pitch and putt type courses, you guys have a really cool uh, article on the Butler pitch and putt in mm -hmm. Austin on the site. And um, you know, that's like a concept that I'm really on board with one of the first uh, courses. Well, one of the first, yeah, the first 18 hole course I played was actually uh, Pinehurst three. 
mm-hmm. and which is like kind of intimidating to play there. But then we were able to go play at the cradle. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically like a buddy and I just spent a day you know, just doing loops on the cradle and, and getting drinks at the, at the bar there. But, but I feel like those kind of places are kind of like the way that you can grow the game and, 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 and make it a bit more communal feeling mm-hmm. as far as like, um, you know, reaching out to people. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, the, the idea that, um, you know, you have to only play 18 holes of golf and, you know, you can't, you, you, you have to only play 18. It has to be like four hours and, you know, you can't, you have to like just go through this very regimented thing instead of like just messing around on a putting green or like, you know, just like hanging out with your friends and it's like super casual. I mean, I think like everyone's like, you know, I think that is really like gaining momentum, like in America. And it feels like, you know, that some of the constraints around, like, it has to be this, this super long thing, um, you know, I think is, is evolving. And, and I do think like your, your point is totally spot on. It's like, that's how you're going to like get people into it. It's like, make it easy and casual. And maybe top golf is like a little segue too, because you kind of, oh, this is like fun. It's like, you know, low pressure. And, you know, it's, I think it's like, that could be a good way into, and, um, you know, I think like golf, I don't know. I hate the idea that like, you have to play 18 holes. Like I'm always like, I'll just play nine, like nine's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, if I go sneak nine in early in the morning and then go to work, like to me, like that, I feel like I've won, you know, mm-hmm. not just like, Oh, I didn't get 18, 18 holes in or whatever. You know? Right. Yeah. I get that. Um, oh, my screen. Sorry. Oh, it's all good. Um, so going to going back to the site a little bit um, and, and ACL golf, did you take a little time off there and then you're kind of go undergoing a bit of a relaunch or is this kind of like been building up to, um, you, mean you know, with a, it's, you mean of, with ACL or with ACL golf with ACL golf? Um, you, you, uh, we basically, the idea was like, we're going to, um, you know, like we, we want to like tr- try to tell stories uh, you know, that are, are a little bit different than what's out there. And it's not like, um, it's not like a play for, um, you know, trying to get like maximum, uh, massive amounts of traffic and post like a million stories a day. And um, we're also like not trying to be the golfer's journal, like, you know, the golfer's journal, like does a really wonderful thing that we're not trying to do. Uh, we're just trying to look at sort of different intersections with golf that maybe, you know, has, has stories out there that, sort of aren't being told um and we can kind of put our spin on it so you know i think like we're going to publish like you know multiple times a week and then depending on what's going on you know and like and and it'll like flow pretty naturally but it's not like this like massive like we're trying to post 50 stories every day and, and get tons and tons of people there it's it's more of like a quality over quantity type of approach you know absolutely well you've got some uh some really cool stories on there i mean you guys cover everything from uh you know style to to drinking or, or flasks in general uh travel stuff uh and and i also enjoyed the pizza the pizza one on there so yeah, that, that pizza story actually um which is random that we would do that but you know that's kind of like how my brain works i'm like let's talk about pizza um 
I don't know. It's like if you're into golf, you're in, probably into pizza. I see. I I see the I see the connection there. But that story like blew up and went like mini viral because <laughs> it's like actually a thing people are thinking about. Like the idea was like that. There's no the middle middle ground of pizza has been eroded, and it's either like super fancy pizza or super cheap terrible pizza. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Like that was like a super popular story that we did and it's like not golf related at all, which is, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a sign that I should be staying out of golf. I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, I did find myself searching for the tie in and then I was like, Oh, it's over. And then I was like, well, that was, it was still a cool, uh, a cool <laughs> article there, but I, um, I feel like a lot of people are probably on the site saying like, what, what the hell does this have to do with anything? <laughs> <laughs> You know, no, I, well, I think I, it's I interesting. Just, you know, I just see like a lot of media. It's not like I'm, an, I'm not saying like I'm going to do this better than everyone else. Like there's tons of golf media out there that's doing things that I would never be able to ever do. So, but I do think that everything in, around golf is so literal. And it's like everything has to have like, if it's a pizza place, it's like pizza at some golf course where it's like, no, like I just think like I, I'm into pizza, but I'm also into golf and like they can coexist, you know, it's like, I'm into travel. I'm into golf. Like they don't seem like that doesn't seem like a strange pairing. Right. So, yeah, I think like, that's how I see it. It's like, let's be a little less literal, you know, with like how we see golf and, and, you know, how we look at the game basically. I want to ask you a question. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, so like when you got back into golf, what, it, what was like the process of figuring out like what to wear for golf and like, are you just wearing all golf brands or like, what are you doing when you, when you go out and play? So, yeah, that, well, that's a great question. Um, I, I gotta be honest. I actually was like, when I first kind of got into it, so it'd have been like back in September or something like that. Um, I was like, I kind of been not on social media for a long time, but I'd like pop in and out every once in a while. Um, and so I did, I went to the ACL golf Instagram account. Cause I was like, I know that I'm going to be like, find some things because, you know, but just then going, you found, but then all you found were golf courses, probably <laughs> golf courses <laughs> or, or pizza stories. No, I think you had like tagged <laughs> in the post about, uh, about the, uh, 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 the, the pop-up that mm -hmm. you may have tagged some brands like Jones and mm -hmm. maybe like Dunning or something like that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I'm kind of a person like my personality is like, I, I get really focused in on things. So like, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm like do, cycling, that's like my one focus until yeah. I like, you know, something else steals my attention. And mm -hmm. so like, basically I kind of like start there and, and, and look, and I, yeah, basically I, I'm very selective of, you know, clothing and, and stuff like that. And I don't always make like the right choice or anything, but <laughs> that's everyone, you know? Yeah. I, I make a lot of mistakes. There's a ton <laughs> of things in my closet that I've, I've probably worn like one once and then was like, eh, it's not for me. So, um, <laughs> I, I, fit is really important. Um, so I kind of started at like, I, I knew we were going to be going to Pinehurst and I knew it was going to be hot. And so mm -hmm. 
I was looking for shorts and, you know, everything on the racks at, uh, at the stores were, uh, you know, just huge and long and, and kind of just super swishy and, and stuff like that, yeah. if that makes sense. So I yeah. kind of got turned on to like, um, uh, Roan. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. that brand. Yeah. They make some, they made some like a seven inch short that was kind of like perfect for me. Oh, and really? then from I, I think there, a lot of people would say like seven inch shorts too short. <laughs> well, I think I, I, well, I err on the shorter side of shorts, I would say, but, uh, but so that, that it, it worked. I thought it, I thought I pulled it off, but maybe I didn't. I don't know. I got to go looking back, back at some pictures and see, but um, from there, it's, yeah, it's just about like, it was just kind of finding some, some brands that I really liked and not just about, um, you know, uh, it, it, and not just about clothing, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the clubs that I bought or um, mm -hmm. the bag that I bought, I think was really important. Um, they, both of the other guys on the podcast, we all have uh, multiple Jones bags. We really uh, feel very strongly about the brand. I feel mm -hmm. like they kind of keep, um, you know, a bit more of a traditional feel uh without the price tag of maybe like a mckinsey bag that's gonna yeah. be five hundred dollars or something like that yeah i mean a thousand dollars yeah you know every time i so i have a i have one mckinsey that i bought mm, i don't know like five years ago I, I just couldn't help it i was like too obsessed where i like had to had to get one and now every time i travel with it i'm always nervous that like it's gonna you know i'm gonna lose it or it's gonna get stolen and um, you know, and then there's, that's like making the case for like something you just use and don't worry about, you know? And I think like Jones is great. Cause there's no, you know, it's not like logo driven and it's like just more minimal. kind of doesn't like, it's not super flashy. It's functional. Like the price tag is good. Mm -hmm. Some of those, like the player series, like really just like really simple, um, you know, which I think is, is good. And I think like that's sort of the problem, everything a lot of things in golf like became just more tricked out, I think, than they need to be, you know? Absolutely. Well, I think it's kind of a, I mean, the game in general, I, I think I read a, a, a poster of something on like Reddit or something the other day about like, what's like a, a golf tip that, that you uh, could that, that, that most people don't think about or something like that. And one of the posts was like, you could play with like seven fewer clubs in your bag and probably shoot the exact same score mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. just from taking some of the thinking out of it. And I think mm -hmm. that relates to a lot of things as far as like, um, you know, what you're wearing, if you just simplify, so you're not worrying about like all these trying to match colors or anything like that um, yeah. is, is, you know, it, it kind of relates down the board, which is just, it's such a thinking game, but it's also such an overthinking game in general as well. So I think, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's good to simplify some of those things. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a good call. You know, I think the more comfortable you, the more you feel like yourself with the way you're dressed, the more you feel comfortable with the clubs that you're playing, you know, the less you're just going to worry about it, the less doubt you're going to have the like, you know, it's just like, it'll be easier and it'll be better if you just don't, 
you know, you're not as obsessed with it to your point. It's like, if you're thinking about it less, it'll probably just be better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Nice. So um, can we expect any sort of like, are, are, do you have any like ACL golf gear on the horizon? Is there anything that you're working on that you? Uh... Yeah, we're going to, you know, the, the idea is to try to tell these stories and be editorially driven but then also like I just, there's such a big gap in the market in terms of the product that's out there. So, you know, we are going, we're, we're building a, a line of golf clothes um, that we'll, we'll see next year. And, you know, we're going to do e-commerce and have like a curated or sort of group of, of third-party things and, and things we find that are in golf and sort of outside of golf that work for, for golf and you know the concept is really really simple it's like clothes that you can just wear but also wear for golf uh and so like you can my whole thing is like i just feel like i can't look like myself while i'm playing golf because there's just not the clothes that they're in the space that i want it's not like it's like that complicated it's just like it should just be simpler you know it's like if i was traveling like i'm going to go to the east coast next week i'm going to play some golf while i'm there I'm also going to have meetings and do work stuff, but if I could just kind of pack the same things for all of that, that would be great, you know, without like having to be in a meeting looking like I'm going to play golf. Right. <laughs> so like, that's kind of like, or, you know, in my situation at home, it's like, if I wear clothes that look like I'm going to go play golf, like my wife will be like, Oh, are you going to play golf? And uh, it would be great if I could just wear clothes that don't look like I'm going to play golf and maybe I will go still play golf. Right? Yeah. And I won't have to be, uh, you know, questioned about it or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's also like the optics of golf are bad. This is like another thing I'm saying. It's like, if I'm playing golf, like maybe I'm, people just assume you're doing that all day, but maybe I'm like sneaking in nine holes, you know, and yeah. it like does, it's not interfering with like my work or whatever. So or my family responsibilities or whatever. So that's, that's kind of like, yeah, we're working on some product. It's not like, you know, I think like I'm going to reinvent like golf as a concept. It's that's not it at all. I just think like, this is just like another layer, another option for people. If you're like frustrated by what you can, can or can't find, then this theoretically would be appealing to you. Awesome. That's the that's plan. Super, that's Hopefully super. we don't mess it up. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, well, awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me today, Michael. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's been good to meet you. And, uh, and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you, see you out there sometime. You know, we can, we can, we can do it. We can, uh, I'll bring my terrible, my terrible fast golf fashion to your, to your world. And, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it'll be, it, it was good. It was good to talk to you. And, uh, and thanks for, you know, just, you know, thanks for following along all these years and whatever. I appreciate it. And, uh, Glad I haven't turned you off up until now, you know? No, it's all been great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sounds good.